Word Radio On Demand, 96.1 FM and 900 AM WURD. Streaming live at wordradio.com. We were just talking about how your family, how they can impede sometimes your progress when you're traveling. And you know, it's around the time too that we're dealing with our kids when they're eating too much sugar, when they're running around because they got too many gifts. But we've got someone who can give you some insight on how to handle those children both uh, during the holidays and beyond. Her name is Michelle Harmon Malone. She is the author of the Parenting Playbook, beginning with the end in mind. And she's also a middle school leader, a master teacher, and a certified parent empowerment coach. And she is coming to your rescue if you've got to deal with some kids during the holiday season. Hi, Michelle. How are you today? Good morning, Tanya. I am wonderful. I am well. That was a great introduction. Well, thank you, Michelle. You know, it's holiday time. And of course, we are talking about parenting every day. But during the holidays, it might be a little bit more challenging because the kids are out of their routine. They're doing different things. They're eating different things. And they're also excited about the holiday season. How does it change uh, when you're parenting during the holidays? You know what? Very good question. It really shouldn't change that much. I think that oftentimes we forget that or we believe that the routine has to change just because the kids are out of school. It really doesn't have to change that much if we have agreements in place already. For instance, if we know that we're allowing them to sleep in a little bit, you know, during the holidays, we also have to remind them that we have agreed as a family that there are certain things that we do in this house. We still put the dishes in the dishwasher in a timely manner. We still keep our areas tidy because this is the home that the Lord has given us and we want to steward it well. We want it to be in good shape. We want it to be filled with peace and joy and order. And if we want to partake of the the gifts in the home, the beautiful TV, the PS3, the whatever, there are certain things that we have agreed that we would tend to first before we get into those things that we really want to do. So what you're saying, Michelle, is that these are things that should be instilled in our children before the holiday season begins. Absolutely. Absolutely. The holiday season doesn't mean anything about the agreement that was made on the front end. And I keep saying the word agreement because sometimes we just assume that our kids know how how we roll in our homes. But Sometimes if it's not articulated, it may not sit in, which is why kids sometimes struggle in school because they don't hear the agreement. Uh, So if a teacher has classroom rules and the kid doesn't hear them, they just see them posted on the walls, they might say, hey, that's not for me. Nobody talked to me about those rules. So the same thing goes for home. You have to have ground rules. In this house, we do this. And if you want to post it on the fridge, you can do that. But if it's not articulated, in a way that they can pick up what you're putting down, it seems like it's an option to them. But certainly parenting is a enormous challenge. People choose to do it, but it is and can be difficult. And so when we're dealing with times of heightened stress, because sometimes holidays are stressful for parents and for the kids as a result of that, how do we, uh, uh, in uh, I would say not enforce, but how do we remind Uh, young people and our children that these are the kinds of behaviors that we expect at all times. 
again, that's a conversation and it's an agreement. And I'm going to just plug my book real quickly. It's called The sure. Parenting Playbook, Begin with the End in Mind. There's a chapter in it. And I call my chapters principles because they're biblical truths. They don't change, you know, but having a vision for your family. And when you have a picture of what you want to see on the end, at the end, uh, it's easy to put some things in place to get you closer and closer to that picture. So I think part of the issue is that the stress comes up because we're anxious about all the things that could happen or won't happen. All the things that we've imagined in our minds about, okay, I bought all these fantastic gifts for my kids. And then what could happen is they'll see them and they might not like them. They might want a, a better version of that. And then you're disappointed and then you're ticked off because you spent all this time and money and effort uh, traveling to get these different things. And now the kid is just like sulking and not happy because they're comparing it to what they had in their minds. Mm. So it's really important. And I'll say it again and again, that we have some kind of agreement with our kids and with each other. Single parent home. I was raised in a single parent home. And but my mother, was she was tough. And I told her what I wanted for Christmas. And she would pass that little list right back and say, I'm getting these four things. <laughs> so I knew I could expect those four things. That was our agreement. And she never said, oh, I don't have the money for that baby or whatever. She didn't speak that poverty mindset into me. Mm. But what I heard is this is an agreement. Mm. This is what I'm getting you. And if I got anything extra, man, I was excited about that, you know. So I think we really have to uh, also manage our expectations. And that's part of where the stress comes from. We get stressed out because, you know, we're expecting the kids to be all excited and gung ho about their gift or the dinner or whatever or whatever experience, because some people take their kids on vacations. Mm. And uh, and then they, it's like a eh, anticlimactic uh, response. And then we're upset. Manage your expectations well, what, around everything. Right, right. One of the things that I was just talking about is the fact that I think now in our social media frenzied world that we do a lot of things that require an outlay of a lot of money. We have these lavish birthday parties. We have these lavish holiday parties. We do mm -hmm. a lot of things uh, that sometimes maybe are just to look good to others. But are there things that we can instill in our children that are about having quality experiences as a part of quality uh, instead of quality things? And how do we do that? So let me make it real, real simple for everybody, because I believe I'm of the mindset that parents, we're doing too much. Mm. You're doing just fine, but oftentimes you're doing too much. So less is more back to the basics, because our our first and only job as parents is to train our kids up in the way that they should go so that when they are old, they won't depart from it. So if you're everything that you do in your home is a lesson, you're teaching them all these things because on the on the back end, when they become parents, you'll go into their homes and you'll see, oh, they're still doing the little traditions that we did at home. We're still doing those things. You're you have a captive audience right now. They can't move out. They can't leave. <laughs> so they have to sit in your class and mama's class, daddy's class, grandma's class. And get these doggone life lessons. Uh, one for me as a little kid, and I still, you know, I'd still do certain things in my community. My mother always cooked. She was like probably one of the best cooks on the block. Now, I'm from Louisiana originally, so everybody's mama was a good cook, with yeah. the exception of maybe one or two mamas. But you could smell in wintertime, you could smell gumbo down the road. Hum, it would just greet your senses down the road. 
and people would just show up. Hey, Miss Shirley, are you doing all right today? I didn't see you today on the porch. And that's just a way of them coming in to say, hey, I'm hungry. And so she fed a lot of kids. Mm -hmm. And the porch was our community porch. Kids came to play cards on the porch. We played jacks on the porch. I taught school as a little kid who knew I would become a teacher one day, right? And a school <laughs> principal. But all those little things is what kids remember. They don't remember the gifts. You know, from my dad, as I mentioned, I'm a single, uh, my mom was a single mother. I remember three gifts. I got three gifts from my father. A bike, a tape recorder, and a black and white TV. Mm. And I held on to those things for decades. And when my mother went into her her um, her uh, unit, her little storage unit one day, she's like, you still want this black and white TV and this red uh, tape recorder and this bicycle? And I'm like, oh man, I'd hate to give those away. And you know what I'm saying? So it's the experiences, the lived experiences. It's really not about the gifts. It's about the experiences, baking cookies, making something together, uh, crafts, arts and crafts, sipping paint with uh, cocoa, you know, something different uh, that can be your activity. And, you know, the adults could sip and paint something else, you know, but the kids could have their little coloring book picture that you've made multiple copies of and put them on little easels and they just color those are traditions. That's home. What do you find is the biggest challenge in our very frenzied, technological, fast-paced world today? What are the biggest challenges uh, for parents at, at, at this point in time? I think parents want the absolute best for their kids, bar none. I believe that. But all these fancy phones that we have now uh, <laughs> grants access to strangers. Mm. Would you allow a stranger into your home just to walk in and do whatever he or she wanted, teach your kid about unmentionable things? Absolutely not. That would be a war, right? Well, we allow those things into our homes through our social media, through YouTube, without having permissions on our phones. And again, that phone, that gift, there's an agreement there too. You know, as a middle school assistant principal, when, you know, every day it was a battle with like 47,000 kids and their parents. And, and so I learned to bridge a gap between the kid and the parent to say, hey, that's your mother's phone. Who pays the bill? My dad, that is his phone. So he can take it when he wants to. The agreement is that you use it responsibly. When you cease to use it responsibly, it becomes my property again. You know, same thing with the bed and the clothing. Hey, I just have to give you a roof, uh, food, clothing, shelter, love. That's all I have to give you. Everything else is extra. And so just going right back to that agreement is something we don't think about doing, but everything's an agreement or a contract. Now, when we talk about um, beginning with the end in mind, and if you're just joining us, we are here with Michelle Harmon Malone. She is the author of The Parenting Playbook, Beginning with the End in Mind. What exactly do you mean by, by that, Michelle? Oh, man, I would love to share that. Beginning with the end in mind. So if we're talking about our children the one thing we don't do when someone's expecting a baby or a family's expecting a baby is we get all excited and we plan the baby shower and we get the books and the nursery together, all that good stuff. But what happens beyond the baby shower? Have we ever thought about that? And so who do we want this little person to grow into? We want them to be kind. We want them to be respectful. My, in my family, we want them to know the Lord. Uh, we want them to... Um, 
experience life through their particular giftings. For me, I was a writer from a little kid. I went to college in third grade for creative writing, and I did that for four or five years. It was because my teacher saw that gift in me, right? And so my mother gave me books. She I was reading at an early age. And so look, study your kids and learn their particular bent. Stop putting them in sports if they are not athletically inclined. Stop allowing their coaches to parent them. I get it. You want to teach them how to be team players and all that, but you are their first teacher, not this other person, because you don't know what's happening behind uh, closed doors at that other person's house. So beginning with the end in mind, if I want my kids to be a certain way, I am going to start with a vision. This is what I see. That's the picture that I get in my mind's eye. And then chapter two or principle two in my book is missions, mission trips. Mission trips are something as simple as taking my kid with me to the grocery store and let's look at the price of these things. Let's compare what, how many uh, packs of pork chops do I really need for my family if we're going to eat and then we're going to meal prep. And so figuring out those things together, you are raising them so that they can eventually leave your house and build their own family and have all these tools already on the inside of them. Michelle, I have to ask you, since you mentioned trips, a lot of people are traveling for the holiday season, which means that uh, whether you're a parent, a grandparent, we have a lot of people who are parenting other people's children during this holiday season who may not have been raised with the same principles that we have in our household. And that could even be our kids for all Mm -hmm. (laughs) when we're doing grandparenting. So how do we deal with uh, parenting other people's children during this holiday season? Look, I'm not even going to lie. I am the queen of the side eye or the mama look or the, come here, let me whisper something to you, you know, getting up close and sidling up next to them. Um, But bottom line is you can only do so much. You know, if this person, wherever you're visiting, if you're staying at a family member's home and the kids are just wild and rambunctious, which they're going to be, that's okay. Kids need to still play. Uh, We should not expect kids to to act like adults when they're 12 years old, 10 years old. That's unfair to them, right? And we punish them sometimes for being too active. Just send them outside. Go play outside. Put your coat on, put your gloves on, your toboggan, whatever. Um, But making sure that the person that you're visiting or staying with, that they have kind of given you permission to chastise your kid or discipline your kid, uh, because then you're you're causing friction in that relationship, too. And you might not get another invite, but uh, it goes back to agreements. I know it sounds simple, but back in the day when I grew up, if I went any further than the, you know, the city block I was supposed to be on, somebody on the next corner said, hey, I just saw Michelle go past the boulevard. Uh, did you give her permission? And that would be a quick my mama coming down the road or my grandmother coming down the road. And I'm like, Lord Jesus, I don't want no parts of that. That was smoke and heat I wasn't ready for. (laughs) That's exactly right. So even when we are uh, dealing with other people's kids, it really does come down to these agreements just to make sure that we have the permission uh, to say, you know, not necessarily be punitive, but to say, you know, is it okay if we can uh, organize around uh, uh, these kids how we need to organize <laughs> while you are out running your errands or, or getting some extra ingredients uh, and are not necessarily there and we need to step in. So I think those are important factors uh, to recognize when we're heading into this holiday season. Let's get some agreements in place is what it sounds like you're saying. Absolutely. And another word that kids understand is huddle. 
H-U-D-D-L-E. <laughs> if they're in the sports, they know what a doggone huddle is. That means we're going to gather together and we're going to we're going to get some agreements. Right. You know, you think about the coach and the pep talk. All those things can transfer from the, the field to the home. You know, you can use those same strategies in your house. Like, OK, we need a we need a family huddle. And we all come around the table, might be a little bit of food, might be a discussion. Even if there's an argument, let's have a little family huddle. And so if you start instilling those things or putting those structures in your home, you are guaranteed to have peace, joy, and order, hands down. Well, on that note, Michelle Harmon Malone, author of the Parenting Playbook, beginning with the end in mind. I assume that that is available on Amazon and any place that they sell books. Thank you so much for appearing on Reality Check and being with us today. I think you have given us some food for thought in how we handle our parenting, our grandparenting, our aunting, any of these things that we have to do over this holiday season. We appreciate you being here. It was my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. You've been listening to Word Radio On Demand. Listen live at 96.1 FM, 900 AM, and online at wordradio.com. 